Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is Qualifying Day at the 2023 British Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, yes, Max Verstappen takes pole. But it's the identity of the drivers starting alongside him and directly behind that caused genuine surprise. McLaren teammates Lando Norris and Oscar Piastri were genuine pole contenders in their upgraded McLaren, upending ideas about the competitive order and turning the battle for the podium into a real unknown. Ferrari and Mercedes were closely matched behind the top three, but Alex Albon pipped Fernando Alonso in an extension of a great weekend for Williams. The mixed grid, combined with Sergio Perez starting 15th after yet another qualifying disaster, has all the makings of a great British Grand Prix. So for more on a thrilling Saturday, it's over to your host in Silverstone, Chris Medlin. Hello again, Chris Medlin back to dissect a thrilling Saturday at Silverstone where we had some predictable results and some not so predictable ones. Let's start with Red Bull where Max Verstappen was as predictable as ever. Pole position for him. Sergio Perez, I guess it is almost predictable now actually. Uh, a tough qualifying session for Checo. Dropped out in Q1 so that's Five times in a row he's failed to reach Q3, uh, falling at the first hurdle today. Uh, he was 16th in qualifying. He will start 15th though on the grid, so a little bonus there after Valtteri Bottas was disqualified. Briefly to fill you in on that, the disqualification for Bottas came because he ran out of fuel at the end of Q1 and didn't make it back to the pits. So he couldn't take part in Q2 anyway, but also didn't have enough fuel for a fuel sample for the FIA. So that's an automatic disqualification. Now, Perez admits that he was driving in his weakest conditions today. It was greasy, there was low grip, we had some rain. Drivers were trying to get around on slicks on the soft tyre throughout the session and, and they did manage it, but you had to get heat in the tyres, you had to be confident in the car and he just didn't have that. Now, to be fair to Perez at the same time, we'd had a red flag and during that red flag period, it was because Kevin Magnussen had stopped in Q1. He was at the end of the pit lane, ready to go. He'd been sent out first in the queue because he needed to get a lap in. And he sat there for a long time under this red flag. So the temperature all went out of his tyres and he ended up with little grip on his outlap. Then in those conditions, tough to get the tyres into the right window, tough to get the confidence in the car. And even though the lap he did, I think, did put him fastest at the time, everyone else going out improved uh, more significantly and pushed him all the way down to 16th place so a real real disappointment and a lot of work for Perez to do in the race uh, Helmut Marco, the rebel advisor said he wants him to get on top of those issues on Saturdays because it's a recurring weakness ones that Red Bull have seen consistently now from Perez certainly for the last five races they've seen it but also something that he's had issues with in the past as well according to Marco so uh, something he knows is a, an area that Perez needs to improve for Red Bull but at the same time, Marco did praise Perez's racecraft. 
uh, and said that he's been very, very impressive on Sundays, that on the longer runs, he's got the performance that the team wants and he's getting the results on the whole that they need him to. He is second in the Drivers' Championship still. So you can't really knock him for his position in the Drivers' Championship, but maybe for the uh, distance between him and Verstappen. And when you've got Verstappen on pole, Perez down in 16th, that's, uh, that's just not reflecting well. So Checo will need to produce something similar to what he managed in Austria when he charged through the field from 15th then to finish third, so he got onto the podium. And I wouldn't rule it out for him doing it again. So who were the closest competitors to Verstappen? Was it Mercedes? Nope. Was it Ferrari? Nope, not then either. How about Aston Martin? No, not this weekend. It was McLaren. Now, I didn't see that one coming. I must admit, after the way that Friday panned out, I thought McLaren were actually in a little bit of trouble. Uh, the car didn't look like it was performing as well at Silverstone as they'd expected it to. Uh, and Oscar Piastri had kind of said it was maybe to do with him still getting to grips with the upgrade that he was running for the first time. There were new parts on Lando Norris's car too, and maybe they needed to work on that. But it just didn't look like it had gone smoothly. And it didn't look much better in FP3 on Saturday morning. But just in those conditions, when it's a bit away from fully slick and there's, there's some cool temperatures, McLaren just seems to come alive. And so too Lando Norris. And Norris was on provisional until the very last lap that Max Verstappen put in. Uh, Norris really found some great time at the end of Q3, said he hadn't really got his lap together at the start of Q3, but then at the end of that session, pulled out a good lap and uh, he put it on provisional pole, much to the delight of the home crowd. Verstappen did ruin his fun, and as Norris put put it, he ruins everything, Max Verstappen, at the moment, but uh, did pip him at the end by just over two tenths of a second, but a great result for Norris to line up on the front row. But I think more significantly for McLaren, it was the fact that Oscar Piastri produced a standout lap to back him up with third place. So both McLarens in the top three, uh, getting interviewed in Park Fermi afterwards, going to the main press conference. It, you know, it's, it's rare that we've seen one McLaren in that scenario. So to have two, uh, McLaren were absolutely delighted with their work. Uh, it was so, so close though. A little over a tenth of a second back from Piastri to seventh place. But the CEO at McLaren Racing, Zach Brown, thinks the pace is there to convert into a podium with one of the cars. And it's hard to really argue against him when you've got both cars starting up there. At the very least, one can maybe act as a rear gunner to the other. They won't intend to, uh, but they will have that kind of inadvertent role just by being in that position on track as long as they get away cleanly at the start. So it won't be easy for them to convert into a podium, but Norris was quick in Austria in the race, getting fourth place there and holding off the Mercedes pretty comfortably, uh, overtaking Lewis Hamilton at one stage. And the car is clearly an improvement with the upgrades they've brought recently. So it's it's been a very encouraging spell for McLaren this and they're following it up and now having both cars there. And certainly Piastri as a rookie to be up there is just fantastic for him. However the race pans out, the experience is really going to set him in good stead moving forward. So uh, lots of positives, even if we ended the weekend right now and, and McLaren didn't take any points from it, uh, just to be in this position. Uh, I think perhaps most nervous though will be Alpine, given the fight for fifth overall in the Constructors' Championship, having seen this from McLaren, because there's just 18 points between the two teams now heading into the race. And, and Alpine was struggling a little bit. Only one driver got through into Q3, and that was Pierre Gasly. And he'll line up 10th. Uh, Esteban Ocon missed out on Q3. So Alpine have gone from nipping at the heels of the top four teams uh, and being clearly fifth quickest to, as it looks over the last couple of races, slipping behind McLaren. And they'll want a response in the race. Now, it could be a brilliant Grand Prix between McLaren, Ferrari and Mercedes. Uh, we've got to look at the fact that Ferrari have qualified fourth and fifth 
with Charlotte Clerk and Carlos Sainz respectively. Then we've got George Russell and Lewis Hamilton in sixth and seventh. So they are ready to pounce on any opportunity they can get, lined up two by two from McLaren backwards. Uh, and we saw some great racing here last year as well. So hopefully more of the same of that to come. If you all remember Lewis Hamilton overtaking both Charlotte Clerk and Sergio Perez in one move at one stage at the final corner. Uh, the crowd were loving that, but it was just exciting racing. And we had five different teams in a battle late on there to try and get a spot on the podium. We could well get something similar uh, in the race this year as well. If we look at Aston Martin, a little bit off the pace. Fernando Alonso will start uh, from ninth place and he'll want to get in that mix too for the podium. But obviously he has the tallest order because he has to clear all of the cars he's really competing with in both Mercedes, both Ferraris and now both McLarens. But not only that, he'd still have to get past Alex Albon before he's able to get into that fight. And Albon has been absolutely on it this weekend. Got it, his Williams into Q3 once again. I think that brings him level with Sergio Perez in terms of Q3 appearances, which is a remarkable stat. But it's been very, very impressive from Albon putting the Williams into a position to score points. Uh, and it won't be easy to overtake because the car's pretty quick in a straight line as well. Logan Sargent had a, a good day until Q2 and didn't get his lap together there and dropped out in 14th. But that was only his second Q2 appearance and backed up that the Williams is just competitive. It looked competitive all weekend. Albon's actually second in FP3, although there was only limited running in the dry. So I genuinely think Albon could... Uh, could ruin Alonso's chances of fighting with the others if he could stay ahead of him at the start or dare I say it just hold on for some strong points so uh, another big big opportunity for Williams now a little aside to finish off with in the paddock after qualifying as everyone was running around to do their interviews and get a glimpse of the drivers for some of the the fans that were in the paddock there was a, an unusual scene right in the middle of all of the chaos Damien Lewis of Homeland and Billions fame was warming up and played a music set with a band on a stage right next door to Red Bull. So there's this area where uh, guests can mingle, get a drink, watch on a big screen. And in front of that big screen on a stage uh, was Damien Lewis. So I can't say I'd ever seen him perform, but he was pretty handy, to be fair, as was his band. Uh, and it's kind of a sign of how big F1 has become that it was totally going under the radar and just a small part of the day. It was remarkable. We're at a race where we're going to have nearly half a million people through the turnstiles. Uh, we've got 480,000 predicted uh, over the three days. So the biggest crowd will be on Sunday. But having such a huge crowd means there's stuff going on everywhere. Uh, and something like this just kind of slips under the radar. So who knows what tomorrow will bring in terms of the big headlines and the little side notes. But uh, it's very much set up to be a pretty exciting race probably behind Max Verstappen let's be honest but uh, the home fans really do have something to latch on to having a British driver on the front row in the form of Lando Norris uh, and I think it's going to be a, a pretty spectacular opening to the race at least the build up and the opening lap are going to be well worth keeping an eye on Thanks very much to Chris, who's in the British Grand Prix paddock on what's been a star-studded weekend so far on and off the track. Make sure you don't miss an update from the British Grand Prix paddock by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts. And you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, you can check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Chris on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name is Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.